Very good morning to you, church. And uh, as you know that we were hoping to be with you, but we are still here in Johannesburg. But I have the privilege to be able to bring this final portion of Acts to you this morning on a pre-recorded sermon. So I trust that uh, trust that you'll be blessed as we examine the scripture before. But bring you greetings from Michelle and the children. And just want to thank you for your prayers and uh, your concern for this time. And for all those who've been helping behind the scenes, it's been very much appreciated. Let's come to the Lord in prayer um, before we come to the scripture. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, your people can gather here this Sunday morning. Thank you that once again there's an opportunity and there's freedom for worship. There's freedom to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ this morning. And Heavenly Father, as we come to your holy word, to the inspired scriptures that speak life and speak about your salvation to us, Lord, today, that you'll give us hearts that would understand that you would just pour out your favor and your blessing and your help upon us today. Lord, thank you, Lord, for the the last few months of working through the book of Acts, this amazing narrative of your church And Lord, even as we consider this final portion this morning, that you will add your blessing to the reading and to the hearing of the word, to the glory and to the honor of your most holy name. We pray that your spirit would come and fill our hearts, warm our hearts with these things. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why don't you turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 28, and we're going to read from verse 17 to the end of the chapter and the end of the book this morning. In recent weeks, we have considered as we walk through the uh, book of Acts, we've journeyed with the Apostle Paul. Uh, We've journeyed through the conspiracy in Jerusalem. We've journeyed through the trials before Felix, Festus, and Agrippa, we've been through a massive ship um, shipwreck and voyage that ended in disaster um, with the shipwreck, but no life was harmed. And in the, the last week, there was a, a wonderful three months in Malta and the opportunities that Paul gave, uh, that the Lord gave to the Apostle Paul there. So we're going to continue to read this morning, if you will, with me in Acts chapter 28, verses 17 to 31. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I've done nothing against our people, against the customs of our ancestors. I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. For this reason, I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of the brothers who have come here from there has reported or said anything bad about you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that the people everywhere are talking against the sect. 
They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through, Israel, through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will ever be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their eyes, and they've closed their eyes. Sorry, they hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Just so far in God's word, and may he bless it to its reading today. I've entitled the sermon this morning, The Unfinished Mission. We've journeyed with Apostle Paul through some amazing adventures over the last couple of weeks and some amazing opportunities that God has given him. And it's interesting for us to note a few things before we begin and examine this passage. It's interesting to note, firstly, that in light of all the confrontations that have taken place in Jerusalem, in front of the Roman authorities, in front of Felix and Festus and Agrippa, that now when Paul eventually gets to Rome, that they're all quiet. This final portion of Acts makes no mention of any disturbance or any going before um, any leaders in Rome and, and things like that. And so we find that Paul has got relative freedom to proclaim God's word in this time. We should also note at this stage the ending of the book of Acts. It's very interesting that when you read the final verses here in the book of Acts, it simply says this boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no full stop. There's no conclusion to the life of Paul. There's no ending to the work that God was doing in the church. And friends, there's a wonderful reason for that. It, because the book of Acts is about God's church. And even though we have recorded in the canon of scriptures canonically, the book of Acts has been closed, it's been sealed. The Bible, we have it, we don't add to the Bible. This is God's word for us. But you know what? The narrative of God's church continues to this day. 
And here's the great thing. Here's the primary source of the message for you and I today is that the narrative of God's church continues through you and through me today. Isn't that great? Isn't it a great challenge and a great encouragement? As one commentator so aptly put it, it's an unfinished work of faithfulness that continues until Jesus comes again. And so this morning, as we glean some encouragement, as we part of the narrative of God's church in this world, in this place that he's called us to, we're going to we are going to examine and, and glean some encouragement from the example of the Apostle Paul. And so I want you to turn with me to the text. So let's examine just exactly what was going on and unpack these verses this morning. We see firstly that the Apostle Paul was faithful in reaching out. The text this morning really just starts off with these words. Three days later, he called together the leaders of the Jews. Three days later. If you remember back in chapter 23, verse 11, God had said something to Paul that was very significant. He had said to Paul in the middle of that evening, take courage as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. God's promise to Paul was, you will still be my witness. You still have work to do. There's still mission for you, Paul, and it's going to finish in Rome, and you need to go to Rome, and you'll have opportunity. And so as we read this final little portion of Acts, we see that certainly God gave Paul the opportunity. But we notice it wasn't long before the Apostle Paul reached out three days to settle into house arrest. Three days of being in Rome, he immediately reaches out and calls the Jewish, um, the Jews in Rome. And we need to notice that these were non-believing Jews that Paul wrote or reached out to and called together for a meeting as we look at this, and as we read these verses here, it says, Three days later, he called together the elders of the Jews. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, My brothers, although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. But when the Jews objected, I, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, not that I had any charge to bring against my own people. For this reason, I've asked to see you and talk with you. It's because of the hope of Israel that I'm bound with this chain. And then notice with me in verse 21, and this is very interesting for us to notice at this point. It says, they replied, we have not received any letters from Judea concerning you. And none of the brothers who have come from there have reported or said anything bad about you. And so as we take note of what's going on here in Jerusalem, even in Rome, even though in Jerusalem there's conspiracy, even though there was major upheaval, even though the Jews in Jerusalem wanted Paul to be arrested and, and possibly even put to death at that point, 
in time, we find that Paul invites the Jews in Rome to come for a city. He reaches out to them and says, come, come talk with me. And as he listens to, to them, they hadn't received that news of the conspiracy. They hadn't received the news that the Jews wanted Paul to be put to death. They haven't received any letter or any notice of anything bad about Paul. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that very interesting for us to notice? But friends, we do notice as we read a little bit further down, it says in verse 22, But we want to hear what your views are, for we know the people everywhere are talking about the sect. Isn't that interesting? They hadn't heard about Paul, but they had heard about the message of the gospel, and they wanted to know more about that. You see, sometimes people don't remain, and conspiracies are forgotten about. But friends, the message of the gospel goes on. Isn't that an amazing picture as we just observe this for a moment? The second thing that we need to observe when we look at Paul's faithfulness in reaching out is Paul's heart for his own people. We're reminded in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, it says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. We find this echoed in the fact that Paul, from morning to evening, would be speaking to them. We see these in, in the verses a little bit later on in our texts. Paul sets an example for us here because he reaches out. He reaches out and he takes opportunities. He's intentional in making sure that if there's a possibility of an opportunity, if there's a possibility that he could sit down with somebody and speak to them about the Lord Jesus Christ, speak to them about, about the gospel message, that he took that opportunity. How often did Paul not only take opportunities, but created opportunities like he does in this text here? Yeah. You see, the Jews didn't come to Paul, but he called them. He opened up and made that initiative. How often has the Christian church lost its missionary or evangelistic approach or impulse? It doesn't go out anymore. How often has the Christian church in general thought, well, people need to come to us? Friends, that's not the picture that we see, and that's certainly not the example that the Apostle Paul sets for us today. When we look at his life and ministry, we notice some things that we can learn from. If we look to copy Paul in this narrative of church history that continues until Jesus comes again, we notice that Paul never forced upon anyone. But at the same time, he refused to let anyone prevent him from proclaiming Jesus Christ. We find that there was never anything unlovely or insensitive about his approach. And we see that example here. Paul comes and he does several things for us to notice this morning. As Paul reaches out to his Jewish brothers, he comes and firstly he's up front with them. He tells them straight away, he doesn't hide the fact. 
He doesn't cover up the fact that he was in trouble in Jerusalem. He tells them up front, he says, My brothers, although I've done nothing against our people or against the customs or ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. He tells them straight up front. He also tells them that he hasn't done anything wrong, but he, he makes them known. He makes known to them what's what's been going on behind the scenes. We find also that he was sensitive when he reached out to them. He didn't reach out to the Jews to defend his own cause, as so many do. He didn't reach out to the Jews to say, well, look, this has happened to me. I've been badly treated. And, you know, you need to know that that wasn't my fault. That wasn't Paul's motive in trying to explain that it wasn't his fault or he didn't do anything wrong. That wasn't the purpose of his calling the Jews. But he was sensitive to them, even if he had reason to say, and certainly he did, that he was unfairly treated. Friends, when God calls us to reach out to the gospel, when you and I both together as God's people and as individuals, how often are we sensitive to those we are trying to reach? And as I studied this passage, one commentator shared this example of a man from a different faith group went into an evangelistic meeting And obviously the motive of the evangelistic meeting was good. They wanted to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. They wanted men and women to come to faith in Jesus Christ as God commands us to reach out. And as this man of a different faith group enters the building, his first encounter on that evening is that he gets handed a tract. And the contents of the tract was all about how bad his faith group is and why it's wrong. And friends, although there's truth in the contents of that tract, perhaps a more sensitive approach, perhaps more reliance on this man coming in and sitting under the thing that really has power, and that's the preached words. You see, Paul was always sensitive, and he reached out to people where they were at. Do you remember Paul preaching out on Mars Hill, and he reached those philosophers on their own terms. He didn't agree with them, and he didn't want it on the gospel, but he reached them on their own terms. And so he comes to these Jewish folk, and he reaches out on this initial meeting with sensitivity. He was up front. But then he also pointed them to the hope. And friends, when you and I reach out to people, our mission, our mission is to take people to the hope. Listen to what Paul says. He says, for this reason, I've asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. It is with the hope of Israel. The promise of the Messiah in the Old Testament is now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And the message that he wants eventually to get across to them and point them to is all the Old Testament prophets are speaking about Jesus Christ. 
And so he points them to hope. Friends, when we reach out to people, are we pointing them to hope or are we telling them what they're doing wrong? You see, this is the story. This is what someone wrote, and I agree with this. This is the glory of the Savior is to be the consuming motive and goal of all Christian witness. You see, friends, when Jesus is the goal, when the glory of his name is the goal, and when people are changed by the words and the message of the gospel, when people are convicted by God's Holy Spirit, you see, God comes in and he deals with the ugly and the messy. And he deals with the things that are wrong in people's lives. Our goal and mission that God gives us is to take people to the hope that is in Jesus Christ. We don't have to agree with what people are doing wrong, and we shouldn't. But in the midst of that, to take them to the hope and take them to the fountain of life, that God, by his Holy Spirit, as Jesus says, that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and guilt. You see, Paul points them to the hope. We see in our text today that there's two little sections in a sense. Paul has this initial meeting with the Jews. And then verse 23, it tells us that they arranged to meet Paul on a certain day. and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. From morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. Friends, what happens when people don't believe? What happens when it doesn't matter how many times we've witnessed or how many times we've had an opportunity to share the gospel message? It doesn't matter how much we've spoken the word into people's lives and people don't believe. Friends, we see this example here right at the end of the book of Acts, a culmination of this account. And we find the situation where only a few it appears believed, but the vast majority still would not believe. Friends, perhaps the second main thrust in this message today is to look at Paul's faithfulness when people will not listen. Friends, I think that's one of the things that we need to realize is that when we proclaim God's word, that there will be some that will not listen. There will be some that will not respond to this good news of the gospel message. Some will accept, some not. Perhaps some would not accept at that moment, but a little bit later on in life, or maybe even a few days later, may respond to the gospel message. From the text today, the Roman Jews seemed to be interested initially and gave him the opportunity. But in verse 24, we see that some were convinced, but others would not believe. I'm going to pause in just a moment here. 
we need to understand something in this whole context of the mission of God's church. We need to understand something very important in this process. And if we can understand this, I think it gives us great liberty. I think it takes some of the pressure off us. Jesus said to us, said to his disciples that he was going away and he would send another help, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one that would convict, convict, men, or con, convict men of sin and guilt in the world. And friends, for you and I, when we have opportunity to share our faith, both collectively together as God's people and as individuals, we need to understand that it's not us who saves. God has just called us as instruments in his purpose in the narrative of his church. But God, by his Holy Spirit, as he did for you and I, if you're sitting here today and you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, that at one point in time we came under the conviction of God's Holy Spirit and through the preached word that we are sinners in need of saving grace. You see, there wasn't the preacher who did that in himself. It wasn't even the person sharing the gospel who did that in themselves. They were just instruments of the message. It was God by the Word and by the Holy Spirit. And friends, when you and I come across this thing, when we find that people will not respond to the gospel message, we need to be encouraged that it's God who saves. It is God by His Holy Spirit and the power of the world Word that brings men and women unto himself. And let's let God do that work. But friends, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of when people do not come and respond to the gospel message, we need to follow the example of Paul. Being faithful, even when people will not listen. We see in our text here today, it says, from morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Do you see the earnestness of Paul reaching out to his own people group, even though he knew that some would not believe? Paul persevered. In the midst of unbelief. Friends, perhaps we are reminded by the example here today to keep on doing what we can do and trust God, to keep on persevering, keep on proclaiming, keep on being intentional by looking for opportunities and using the opportunities that God gives us. Keep on going out into the world as His church. God will bring in those who are being saved. Another point here with regard to Paul's faithfulness when people will not listen is having right perspective. We see in our text here tonight, today from verse 25 onwards, it says they disagreed amongst themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said, Though Israel through Isaiah the prophet, 
Go to this people and say, you'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they may see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. Paul, in the midst of preaching faithfully the gospel, eventually he gets to the point and he has right perspective that God has given some and others, they are not responding to the gospel message. And Paul comes and he quotes this passage from Isaiah. We see also Jesus used this passage on a number of occasions. And when you and I look at this quote from Isaiah, there's three elements to this. Firstly, there's the element of the prophet bringing the message. You'll be ever hearing the message, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. And that was happening amongst those who were not believing in this day. The second element that we find in this is God's role as judge. And Jesus places an emphasis on this in John chapter 12. It says, for this people's heart had become calloused. Who, who's able to judge the heart of man? It's God's role to do that. And here it is. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. And they've closed their eyes. And a third element which Paul is focusing here is the responsibility of the hearers to respond to this message. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. He has this focus on the self-destructive element of the hearers. They refuse to listen, refuse to see, and have hearts that are hard and do not turn to God. Paul was making a call for them, an earnest call to his people, an earnest call to the Jews in these moments, a call for them not to willfully and deliberately harden their hearts. He's saying and he's asking them that question, are you putting yourselves into the same category of your unbelieving ancestors? He's making them aware of their responsibility and then pointing them to Christ. Friends, this is the evangelistic focus of the scripture is to make mankind aware of their responsibility all of this in all of this and point them towards Christ and trust God to do what he would do. Verses 28 says this, Therefore I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. There's a principle that Jesus taught that if folks do not hear the word, then we need to go on and preach it to those who will hear the word. Notice 
before you get consumed here. There's a verse 28, and in the NIV today, it goes straight on to verse 30. And the reason for that, if you look in the footnotes at the bottom of the Bible, verse 29 is written there. And just so that you know what's going on here, um, most of the early manuscripts, the re- most reliable texts of the New Testament don't have verse 29. And quite possibly some of these verses that have not been included in the text, but included in as a footnote, may have been scribal entries that may have been included into later manuscripts. You'll notice that the, the King James Version probably has this included in the text. But here it is included, but just put down as at the bottom. And it says in verse 29, after he said this, the Jews left arguing vigorously amongst themselves, just so that you can notice where has verse 29 gone to. It's still there. It's noted. Uh, it may not have been part of the Bible originally, um, but it's it's noted there for you and I to take, see what's happening. Some versions will include it in the text and just have a note next to it. For us, it's at the bottom if you're using the NIV today. And so Paul writes, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. And then verse 29 notes the grumbling that takes place. Hardened hearts as they leave. Friends, some will come to faith in Jesus. Others may not. Don't be discouraged. God is the one who saves. But notice with me today that Paul kept on persisting through that. And then he moved on and he continued to preach the gospel as he writes there in verse 28 that salvation, God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. If you remember back with me in Acts chapter 10, And chapter 11, and I preached from the portion of chapter 11 as I sent through a message to you previously and reminded of how God had given that wonderful message to Peter and reminding him or telling him that salvation is going to be for the Gentiles as well. Friends, as we just come to this last little portion for today, verse 30 onwards, we see finally Paul's faithfulness. To the message. We need to be intentional in reaching out. We need to be persistent and faithful even when people don't respond to the message. And the third thing for us today is that we need to be faithful to the message. It is God's message that you and I have been called to proclaim either from the pulpit or by God's, as God's people in our workplaces, in our family, in our communities, to be messengers of this gospel message. Verse 30 says this, For two whole years Paul stayed there in in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul, despite possibly being discouraged, pressed on and continued. He continued to move amongst those who would hear the message. It says here, he welcomed all. 
he welcomed all. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 reminds us and says this, Always be prepared to give an answer for the reason you have hope. Always be prepared to tell somebody the reason why you today have hope. Be prepared with that answer. And so when people came to Paul, he welcomed and said, Yes, I'm ready to tell you why I have hope. And so he welcomed all. He was faithfulness. He was faithful to the message. We see also that he boldly and without hindrance preached. So he welcomed and then he preached. He preached the kingdom of God. He, he declared God's message. Romans chapter 1 verse 6 is, in the, is a very important verse for us to consider. It says this, I am not ashamed of the gospels, Paul writes, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Paul was absolutely convicted. He was convinced. He knew that this is the life-changing gospel. This is the message. This is what fixes up people's lives. This is what makes a difference in eternity. And therefore, I'm not ashamed because it's God's transforming message that changes people's lives. And so he could boldly preach and declare the kingdom of God. Friends, the challenge for you and me is not to be ashamed of this gospel message, that we need to be absolutely convinced that what we declare together as God's people changes people's lives. Listen to the third little word here that we have in verse 31. It says, and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm reminded of the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, as you are going into the world already, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you to the very end of the age. You see, Paul declared the kingdom of God or preached the kingdom of God and says, and taught. There's a teaching element for those who will come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God hasn't given the church a mission simply to create converts. But the mission of God's church is to make disciples and to make people who will walk with Jesus every day. And so for you and I to be reminded as God's people, as individuals, and together as his church, that we are to teach and we are to make followers, people who've committed their lives to follow Jesus Christ, not just with our words, but with our life our actions, and our deeds. And so, friends, today we find that this book of Acts ends off with this amazing passage. And perhaps if we want to draw some application just briefly before we close this morning, then maybe there's three things that we can take with us as God's church as we've been sent on this mission to continue this mission of God in the world. 
Firstly, to be reminded that we are too like the Apostle Paul to be intentional in reaching out. And maybe for us to ask the question, Lord, are the opportunities that you've given me that I'm missing? Is there a possibility that perhaps I'm overlooking something here? Lord, show me and just send somebody that I can encourage today or maybe just give the reason why I have hope. Maybe it's an opportunity to invite somebody to a church service or to a Bible study to make use of the opportunities. Paul used the opportunities of shipwrecks, imprisonments, difficulties, and he used them to the glory of God for us to be reminded this morning to be intentional in reaching out. The second thing is perhaps when we are discouraged, perhaps when nobody seems to be responding to the gospel message, to be reminded to be faithful, to keep on proclaiming, to keep on sharing this gospel message, to keep on believing that God has given this to us as a part of his plan and purpose. To remember in this that God is sovereign. It is God who saves, not me. It's not my convincing or my Bible bashing that is going to bring a loved one to Jesus Christ. It's the conviction of God's Holy Spirit and the power of God's words and God's sovereign will that will bring them unto himself if he's calling them. To know that when people listen that God will direct you and I to those who will listen, but until then to remain faithful. And then just as Paul was faithful up until that point, God gave him a further two years of freely and boldly proclaiming the word of God, and people responded, and there was a harvest. Isn't that wonderful? And thirdly, to remain committed and passionate about the message. You see what drove Paul? To at the end in these closing words in this book of Acts, boldly and without hindrance, he preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we passionate about the message? Are we convinced as the apostle Paul was, as he writes, it's for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. God has given us this incredible message and it's the power of God unto salvation. Are we going to be passionate and committed? And maybe God has given you opportunities. And God has given us as a church opportunities in the community he's placed us in. Somebody once said this that has never left me, that perhaps the church is the only institution in the world that was not created for itself. But the church has been created for God's purposes. And the church has been created for the community in which he has placed her. To be a light in the world. To be a distributor of the hope, the message of hope that is in Jesus Christ. And in all of this, 
we reflect on this evangelistic narrative that God has given us. We do it in the absolute dependence upon a sovereign God who's working behind the scenes by his Holy Spirit in drawing men and women to, unto himself. And we press on, dear brother and sister in Christ, as the Apostle Paul pressed on. We press on in the hope of a sovereign God. We press on in knowing that God is the one who saves. We press on knowing that God has called us in this bigger plan of his to be instruments of his purpose. So we close with this book of Acts. And we close with this journey of the Apostle Paul and not focusing on the details that may have come or may not have come after this. But Paul surrendered as an instrument of God's purpose. Are you and I going to surrender ourselves as we challenge by this whole book of Acts? as instruments of God's purpose. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, what a wonderful and a challenging message for us today. There's so much packed into the book of Acts. There's so much packed into these final verses. Lord, we have been challenged as we've examined them. Paul's faithfulness in reaching out. We've been challenged by Paul's perseverance, even when folk wouldn't respond. We've been challenged by Paul's faithfulness and sticking to the message and being passionate. And so, Lord, as individuals here today, we pray that you will show us the opportunities that you are giving us. Opportunities to be sensitive. Opportunities to reach out. Opportunities to live out our faith and to plant the seeds of the gospel of the, in, in the lives of those around us, to be reminded that you've placed us in this community with a purpose. And so, Lord, energize our hearts. May we burn with the passion that the Apostle Paul's heart burned with and that we are able to say wherever we find ourselves, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Oh Lord, won't you send us with your blessing? Won't you continue to also lay upon our hearts together as God's people in this community in which we find ourselves in silks with? May you show us what you will. May you lead us to opportunities. May we grasp those opportunities that you've given us, that at the end of time when you come again, that you'll find God's people to be faithful with the proclamation of the gospel message. Thank you, Lord, that you're sovereign in bringing people unto yourself. You're sovereign in this purpose. And we walk in obedience because you've told us to do this. And so, Lord, we need to continue to lead us and guide us and help us in the days that lie ahead to the glory only of your most holy name. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And the Lord bless you. In a few worlds, we'll meet again soon, and we so look forward to that. I trust that you've been encouraged and blessed to go out into this world. And remember that as you leave the church building this morning, you go out through the door, there should be a sign up 
above there and just reminding us that we are not entering our mission field that God has called us to. Go with grace. Go being filled with His Spirit. Go with the gospel burning within your hearts. God bless you.